Ooh-wee. Oh, my goodness. That was a glorious moment. That was back on April 30th with our big our worship concert that we did. And that's the first installment. We've got, uh, we've got at least nine more. Actually, we've got ten. There's actually ten more songs that we're going to release. I'm going to release that onto the website, onto, uh, onto Facebook and YouTube and all those things. Uh, I'm going to do that uh, this early this week, maybe Monday or Tuesday. I can't just, I think maybe Tuesday. Anyway, but uh, so that'll be the first release of that. But I'm playing that today because I want to let you know that this coming Wednesday night, we're starting choir practice back. It'll be at 6 o'clock. We'll be in this room with the full band. We're just going to go right. We're going to pick up where we left off with this concert uh, and do a lot of the same music for next Sunday because next Sunday is kickoff Sunday when we... And I'll let uh, them tell you a bit, bit, little bit more about next Sunday morning, but it's a big Sunday for our church. But on that Sunday night, something never happened in my, in my career as a worship pastor is another church has called and asked our choir and our band to come lead for their, search, their uh, worship service. And I thought that was really cool. So uh, it's Grace Baptist Church over in Tullahoma. Uh, they're over there on Avaco Road in, uh, in Tullahoma. In Tullahoma. Uh, and so that evening at 6 p.m. Uh, at their service, they're doing their, their spectacular Sunday nights. Who and wants they've been, to tell Todd that? Huh? Who wants to tell Todd that it's not a vodka? What is it? It's Tullahoma. <laughs> it's not a vodka? A vodka. Anyway, on that road. Now everybody's going to remember that. So anyway, it's over there in Tullahoma, Grace Baptist Church. Anyway, we're going to, that's why everybody keeps looking at me funny when I say that. I'm just used to people looking at me funny, so. So anyway, uh, uh, on Sunday night, that's what we're doing. And so Sunday, uh, for, so Wednesday, we're going to be getting ready for that. Love for you guys to come out and uh, look for these videos that we're going to be dropping. Uh, probably, I'm going to try to do one a week. We'll see. But uh, y'all pray for me on that. All right, so uh, without further ado, let's keep moving. Let's sing My Jesus. Uh, this is a great song. Uh, and so let's stand and let's sing this together. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all this stealing. You're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way. Jesus. Oh. He makes 
First Baptist Church, we're glad that you're here today. Join with us in the name of Jesus in worshiping. If you're a guest, I especially welcome you. If this is your first time here, we're so glad you've come. Hope you'll feel at home. I'll be at the Welcome Center after the service. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. We have a gift for first-time guests. Has some info about our church and uh, a CD of our music and that gift along with other things. And there's also a guest card in the pew rack in front of you. And if you'd like to, we'd like to know your name. If you'd write that down, there's a box to put that in uh, there on the Welcome Center. So we'd like to be able to make contact with you and get to know you. There's also a place to put prayer requests on that card. Anyone can use that to share a question or a, you want to meet a pastor or you have a prayer request. You can certainly use that card to communicate and just drop it in that, that box there. So we're glad that you're here. Today we're celebrating the Lord's Supper and it's a special time of worship today. I do just want to mention last week... Uh, as, uh, because I know every, every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday, and most of you know this, but some of you don't know that we're in the midst of a pastoral change. I'm retiring uh, August 30th, and so uh, a couple of weeks ago, somebody said uh, to me, a new person said, uh, so y'all are getting a new pastor. Are you the new guy? And I said, yeah, I'm the new guy. That's me. So I'm retiring, and uh, last Sunday we voted to elect uh, Brady Martin to be a new lead pastor. He'll be here in September. 98% affirmative vote. And uh, he's accepted that call. Be here the third week in September. So we are excited about that. Hope you'll pray for him, for his church as he shares with them and as he says goodbye and moves here and transitions. Pray for their church, uh, um, for Temple Baptist Church in, in uh, Gainesville, Texas, and for the Martins as they move. So we're excited about that. Today, we want to take just a moment uh, to recognize the five-year anniversary of one of our ministries. School of the Arts is a ministry where we uh, teach music lessons, teach guitar and, and teach voice and teach violin and drums and everything you see here and more. And it has been going on for five years now. And so we have 85 students in School of the Arts. Every week at our church, there are 85 students learning. It, the, the goal is to train future worship leaders uh, for our church and other churches. 85 students, 23 of those are members of First Baptist Church. We have 11 teachers. Um, nine of those teachers are members of First Baptist Church. And uh, so today, leading us in worship are some of the representatives of students and faculty. Just want to recognize them. Raise your hand when I call you, your name. Some of our students, former or current, uh, who are leading today. Micah Anderson on guitar. Sarah Cartwright, vocalist. Melissa Cartwright, vocalist. And then uh, of our faculty, our teachers, Amy Miles, vocalist. Martha Hodges, vocalist. Andy Bernard on guitar. The director of her School of Arts, this was her vision. Uh, she's been, uh, she created this. Uh, this. She's been the director and teacher for uh, five years is Susan Green. Susan, stand up. We just want to thank you. God bless you. Thank you for your vision and for your leadership. At our first service, we presented a, a check to her to thank her and honorarium, and we're so grateful for her vision and her ministry in our church and for School of the Arts and what it means. Let's pray together. Would you join me? Father in heaven, Thank you for our church. 
We thank you for the call of this new lead pastor. We pray for Brady and Jennifer and their family as they transition. We thank you today for School of the Arts. Thank you that uh, we can be an investment in the kingdom through training of leaders and musicians. Now, Lord, as we come to the Lord's table to celebrate what you instructed us to do, to eat bread that represents your body and drink juice that represents your blood, you say in the word, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So, God, we want to draw near to you today. And Maybe there's a person here who doesn't know you, but they're at the end of their rope. They need help. They need a Savior, and they would come to you today. Maybe there's a person who's been away from you and needs to come back to you. Maybe there's a person struggling with something and just needs to, in prayer, come lay their heart out before you. Maybe there's some of us, Lord, who, have, who come every Sunday and we need just a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Oh God, we draw near to you. Draw near to us in this worship, in this time together. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and let's sing together.
can you? Yeah, you can give the Lord a hand. Y'all are afraid to praise the Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to sing. I surrender. I surrender all to you today, Lord. be the prayer of your heart today. you guys to sing this chorus with me. Oh, oh, to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely I will ever love and trust him. I will ever love and trust in his presence daily live. His presence daily live. I surrender all I surrender all. That's it. Come on, let me hear you. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. that be our prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
I've been sharing a series of sermons over the last month or so entitled, Love Your Church. This is an important time for you to recommit yourself to a love relationship with First Baptist Church. It's a time moving toward change and pastoral transition, and your church needs you. And you need to recommit yourself and love your church. I've shared some ways you can do that. Uh, let me just review some past sermons. Those of you who are new, first I shared with you three foundational commitments. Join the church, gather with the church faithfully, work in the church. We had uh, over 30 people join our church in the last month. Thank you to those who have responded to that challenge. If you're an attender, we had three more people join after the first service this morning. We had baptized 21 at our lake baptism last Sunday evening. Just a wonderful time together. So thank you for those who have saying, I will commit to this church at an important time. Still time for you to do that. Today, meet me at the Welcome Center or come forward during our invitation. Um, I shared with you also a message on loving your church by committing to its unity. Don't be a divisive church member. Be a unifying church member. Pray for your church. We saw from 1 Corinthians. And today I want to share with you Love your church by giving generously. One of the practical ways that you can support your church at this time is to give your offerings and your tithes. Uh, so our church has a budget, and everything that we do is fueled by that budget, and the only source of income we have are your gifts and offerings. We don't take government money. We don't sell anything uh, for our budget. You give. Everything we do comes to your giving. And we are just meeting our budget. We're right at the end of our budget year, ends the ends of August. And we, through last Sunday, had received 99.9% of our budget needs, our budget receipts. We praise God for that, right at that. Next year, beginning September the 6th, will be a new budget year. And our stewardship committee has presented a budget with a 5% increase. That's a big increase. It provides a 6% increase uh, in uh, salaries for our, all of our staff. Didn't, weren't able to do much last year in an inflationary year, and so they're trying to do that this year. It, it provides funding for a new ministry, Embrace Grace, a ministry to um, single pregnant women who are choosing to keep their babies. It provides increased funding for upward basketball and for three mission trips. And so it's a race. So I'm saying to you, our church needs you, and you're giving more than ever at this time. So I want to share with you today the most extensive treatment of the subject of giving is in the Corinthian correspondence, First and Second Corinthians. Especially in Second Corinthians 8-9 through 9 are two whole chapters on giving, and we're going to look just at a part of that today. Why should I give? Uh, maybe this is a new idea to you. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, so, in First Corinthians, Paul is trying to take up an offering from Gentile churches to give to Jewish churches back in Judea. Uh, the Jewish churches were in a time of famine and maybe also persecution. And so they're in need. And these new Gentile, that is non-Jewish churches, that Paul had founded across the Roman Empire, he's going around to them and saying, let's help our brothers in need. He hopes this will cement Jew-Gentile relations in the church and build the kingdom of God. And so he's gone to the Corinthians and he has said, Will you help with this offering? So let me, with that background, we're going to look at background in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 through 2, first of all. And here we learn how we ought to give from Paul's instructions to them. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 2. Now about the collection for the Lord's people. Here's his instructions. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So this is a missions offering that Paul is calling on them to give. And we learn two principles about giving here that God wants us to give systematically and proportionately. First of all, systematically. He says, on the first day of every week. So that's when they met for worship, and he said, so you need to bring your offering when you meet on the first day of every week. Give regularly or systematically. So that's the first principle I want to challenge you with, to love your church by giving systematically. Maybe you've been a sporadic giver, and you give whenever you come, or you give whenever you got some extra at the end of the month. And I want to challenge you to grow and move from being a sporadic giver to a systematic giver. 
Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be on the first day of every week. You may get paid a different schedule, but it ought to be every pay period. That's the system for you. So if you're paid once a month, twice a month, whatever, that it becomes a part of your lifestyle that you can give online or you can put in your envelope, but that's going to be just as much a part of your lifestyle as your mortgage or your electric bill that you give systematically as God has blessed you systematically. The second way is to give proportionately, that is give a percentage um, it says on the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. You hear the proportion there? So everybody doesn't give the same amount, but you give a percentage. The percentage that the Old Testament teaches and the New Testament Jesus approves is a tithe or 10% of your income. And so I'm challenging you. If you've been, oh, well, I give some, but I, I give sporadically, I'm challenging you to give systematically and proportionately and begin to give a tithe of your income come to God through the church. Now you may say, well, that's, that's new to me. I, I, I'm, uh, why would I do that? How would I do that? So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and look at six principles or reasons about how to be a generous giver. Let me tell you the background of what happened here. So Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, and he said, we're taking this offering from the Gentile churches to give to the Jewish, and I want you, I'm coming to visit you, so before I come, first day of every week, you give, y'all keep it together, you give proportionately, and then when I come, uh, you'll, you'll designate somebody from your church to accompany the offering. There'll be one person or two people from every church, and they'll accompany me, and we'll take the offering to Jerusalem to those churches. So we did that in 1 Corinthians. Then, false teaching arose in the church at Corinth. They started giving the offering, but when a false teacher arose and got control of the church, they stopped this offering. And then Paul uh, made, wrote a what is called a a painful letter, a severe letter to them, and he made a quick visit to them to try to straighten out the false doctrine, and the people responded and they repented, and so now Paul is writing 2 Corinthians to say, okay, now that we got everything straightened out, let's get back to what I said in 1 Corinthians, and let's finish this offering. So he's coming back to this because they had repented, they'd submitted to Paul again, and so now this Two chapters of teaching about that. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. Or first, we're going to look at the first nine verses of chapter 8. And I want to share with you, how do you become a, a generous giver? Number one, first principle, follow good role models. If this is new to you, you need to get a role model. I'm going to tell you how to do that, that you can be an example to you about how to be a proportionate and systematic giver. Look at 2 Corinthians 8.1. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So here's their role model. This is northern Greek churches. Corinth is in southern Greece. Paul's already talked to them, and he's coming south. And he says, I want you to do what they did. In the midst of a very severe trial, verse 2, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So he's pointing out the example of joyful giving and generous giving of these other churches in Macedonia. That'd be Philippi and Thessalonica. And he's telling Corinth, follow their example. So the first principle for you and me to grow as givers is to find good role models. So my role model for giving was my father. My father was a Christian, and he taught me to tithe when I was a little boy. He began to give me an allowance of 25 cents a week. This is back in the day when a quarter would buy something, I know, a long time ago. But he would give me 25 cents a week, and so I would tithe that. And one week I would bring two pennies and put in the offering plate, and one week I would bring three pennies. And so I told my dad, this is hard to remember whether this is a two-cent week or a three-cent week. How about you bump it up to 30 cents a week so that I can give three cents every week? And I negotiated a raise in my allowance that way as a first grader, and I started giving three cents every week. But I am grateful for that role model. When I became a teenager, had a part-time job, when I worked in college, I tithed everything because it had already been built in me. I had that good role model. So parents, you're the best role model. This is where you ought to step up, Christian parents, and be a role model to your children. Um, I encourage you to give your kids an allowance and require them to save and require them to give. So we have on our church website a thing called Train Up. You go under Inside FBC, Train Up. 
And what it does, it provides a spiritual guide for parents to help teach their children. We believe parents ought to teach their children. And it gives you one spiritual objective for every year or grade of their life from age 3 through 12th grade. Just one thing to concentrate on that is age appropriate for them. And so I hope you'll look at train up. So money management, we do at second grade. That is when kid, we want to start them early, and that's when kids can begin to do simple division if you make it concrete for them, and they can understand 10% and give. So here's what I say, beginning at second grade. If you've got a second grader, if you didn't start it when they were in second grade, start it wherever they are now, teenager, wherever. Give your kids an allowance. Give it to them on Saturday. Now, this is especially for young kids. Give it to them on Saturday and give it to them in units of 10. So you give them either 10 pennies, 10 nickels, 10 dimes, 10 quarters, 10 dollars, 10 fives, whatever you want to give them. But give them those 10s, for, for small ones especially. And you tell them, this one is going in your piggy bank and this one you're taking to church tomorrow and the other eight you can blow at the Dollar Tree or whatever, I don't know, but, but you're going to give this one to church. And you have become for them what this verse says, a role model of rich generosity and joyful giving. Now, if, if uh, you didn't have the advantage that I had of growing up with a role model and you're an adult now and this is new to you, then here's a role model I want to point you to. We have 42 deacons in our church. Every one of them is a tither. That's a requirement for being, serving as a deacon in our church. So you go to one of them and say, hey, I've never done this before. How do you do this? Why would you do this? How does this work? On the, when you go in your connection group, there's the name of a deacon on that sign outside every connection group in our church. You look at their name, you find that person, and you talk to them. They will be, they'll tell you their giving story. Some started when as a kid like me. Some started uh, late in life as adults. They'll tell you your story. They'll give you advice. You need a role model. So the first thing to do, if you're going to become proportionate and systematic, find your role model. Number two, don't wait until you're rich to begin to give generously. Don't wait until you've got a lot of money to start to give. Start wherever you are now as a college student, teenager making a part-time job, you're in debt, I don't care, start now. Look at verse 2. In the midst of a very severe trial, still talking about the, the role model of these Macedonian churches, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I testify they gave as much as they were able even beyond their ability. So these churches weren't rich. They didn't have a lot of money but they gave out of extreme poverty. Did you know that, that poor people give more than rich people in America? IRS uh, reports, poor people give far more than rich people. If you think I'm going to be generous at a point in my life when I'm better off, you're not going to become generous because money doesn't have the power to make you generous. Increased income doesn't have the power to make you You'll be the same giver then that you are now if you don't do something about it. Some of you think, you know, the, the Powerball lottery got up to $1 billion a couple of weeks ago. Now it's a measly $60 million. It's worth nothing now. But anyway, some of you think, you know, if I won that Powerball, boy, I'd do so much good. I'd give to schools and churches, and I'd help a lot of people. Maybe you would give money. You would give no more percentage than you're giving now. Because that doesn't have the power to make you generous. Money won't make you generous. It comes from your heart. So you need to decide now the type of person you're going to be. Become generous wherever you are. I say to people when I counsel them financially, even if you're in debt, I challenge you to start tithing. And, they, and you're like, well, I'm already in trouble. You're wanting to add more bills to my life? Listen, you, put, you give to God first. I believe you're never going to be worse off by putting God first in your life. I just believe that. You're never going to be worse off by putting God first in anything in your life. Put God first and then begin to get on a plan and let him guide you there. Number two is don't wait till you're rich to give generously. Number three, regard it as a privilege to share in God's work. They, verse four, urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing, the honor of sharing in this servants to, to the Lord's people. So the Macedonian churches said, can we be part of this? We really want to be a part of this. It's a privilege for us to help these Jewish brothers and sisters who have given us the gospel, and now we're, gonna, we're grafted on and get to go to heaven. We want to help. And I would say to you, it'll change your giving when you see it not as a chore, not as a thing you have to do, but a privilege. 
Because as you give, you're a part of everything we do. And you may not, can go on a mission trip. you got little kids at home. It's not a season in life. You can go on a mission trip. But when you give, you're there. You're a part of that. Every sermon preached, every baptism done, every child that's taught in vacation Bible school, when you give, you're a part of that. It's a privilege. It's an honor to share in the service to the Lord's people. Number five, if you want to become a generous giver, or excuse me, number four, if you want to become a generous giver, give yourself first to the Lord. Look at verse uh, five. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So these Macedonian churches it had been a commitment of their lives first. You, you don't give to God your money until you give yourself to God. There needs to be a giving in of you to Him. Romans 12 one says, Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So the movement is you give yourself first to God, your money will follow. Some people think... And they'll criticize churches and say, oh, you know, churches, when they talk about money, they just want my money. That's all they want. You're wrong. We want more than your money. We want everything. We want all of you. We want everything you've got under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We want you to offer up, first of all, yourself. God, here I am. I give my life to you. And your money and your heart and your service will follow. Number five, view your giving as a test of your spiritual health. Verses seven and eight. But since you excel in everything, the Corinthians really thought they excelled in everything. The whole problem in this letter that we see is they're puffed up, they're proud. And they did have a lot of gifts. They spoke in tongues. They had words of knowledge. Some of them could do miracles of healing. They were very proud of their spiritual gifts. So Paul says, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we've kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. He says if you, you believe you're mature and you're very gifted, then here's a real test of, of your spiritual vitality. Excel in the grace of giving. He says in verse 8, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. So he says your giving is a spiritual barometer of where you are. And it's a tangible test. He says better than those gifts. Gifts are sovereignly given. But you want to know if you're growing? Am I growing in generosity? Here's what happens in spiritual growth usually. When you come to Christ, you start coming to church. Usually attending is first. And then you realize, hey, I need to give of my money too. And you start giving. If you ever get away from God, those things back up in reverse order usually. You get disgruntled and you quit giving. And then maybe you quit coming. And if a revival takes place in your life, they'll come back in, again in reverse order. You'll start coming and then you'll start giving again. That's where these Corinthians were. They had started the offering, 1 Corinthians. They had all this division and this false teaching and Paul had to come and write them this severe letter. And then they came back together and now he's saying, finish the work, resume that giving, because your giving is a barometer of whether you come back to the Lord. In the 70s, in the Jesus Revolution, there was a bumper sticker that said, Honk if you love Jesus. We had a lot of bumper stickers in the 70s. And somebody, you know, so you were supposed to, oh, you love, oh, he loves Jesus. He just honked at me there, you know. Somebody else came out with a bumper sticker that said, If you love Jesus, tithe, anyone can honk. And that's the truth, folks. That's what he's saying here. Anybody can say, oh, I love Jesus, beep, beep, beep. But he's saying, I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. So giving's a spiritual test, a barometer of where you are. Number six, last one. If you want to become a generous giver, if you want to be obedient to what God's saying here, consider what Jesus has given you. Some of you may have been thinking, what does this have to do with the Lord's Supper? Why are we talking about giving today? Here's the connection, folks. It's in this verse, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. The ultimate motivation and model for being a generous giver is the giving of Jesus Christ who was rich. That is, before Christmas, before Bethlehem, before the incarnation, Jesus was eternally at the right hand of the Father. He owned everything. He was rich. And for your sake, he became poor. And he became a helpless baby to a Jewish peasant mother. And he lived a life of poverty and he entered the world of human suffering and pain, and he died on a cross, and his last possessions they gambled for at the foot of his cross while he was dying above them. That's what he's given for you. He who was rich became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich, because in his dying, the reason he came to earth and became a human, so he could die for your sin, the wages of your sin is death, and he died in your place, and he became poor, so that you could become rich. And now, because of what Jesus has done for me, I have a home in heaven of riches waiting me. I have purpose in life. I have peace. I have joy. I have a church family. I have so much that he has given to me. That's the connection, folks. This is the motivation for all of our service, for all of our giving. And we come today to gaze at the beauty of Jesus and marvel at the sacrifice of the cross as we take the Lord's Supper because that's the reason that we are here and that we give and that we serve is because he has given so much to me that I could never begin to repay the debt of love I owe to him. All of our giving flows in response to the greatest gift ever given. And that will change your life. Would you bow with me in prayer? We're going to share in the Lord's Supper. Deacons, while I'm praying, are going to come and assemble here at the front. And uh, if you are a guest with us, let me just go ahead and give you these instructions. If you're a guest with us while these guys are coming, uh, you're welcome to share in this if you're a baptized believer. If you're a believer, Christ follower, you're a guest, hey, should I share in this? Yes, you're welcome to share. Our tradition is we're going to uh, pass around the bread first. If you just want to hold it, we're all going to eat it together after everybody's been served. Same with the cup. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for giving Jesus. Jesus, thank you for leaving heaven and coming to earth to be a human, to die on the cross for us. You who were rich became poor so that we who are poor might become rich. And we just want to marvel at that as we take the Lord's Supper and thank you. And we want to respond by giving back to you. We could never repay you, but just we just want to give a thank you gift to you, Lord. First of all, we want to give our lives. We want to offer ourselves first to you and say, God, we're yours. And however you want to direct our life, we are your servants. And we follow you, and we want to be available to the purposes you have and the agenda you have for our lives. We are yours. And Lord, maybe you're speaking to somebody here today about giving in the concrete test of our love of giving as a tither. And maybe there's somebody who has not been a systematic and proportionate giver. And as we gaze at the extent of your gift, I pray for them as they make that commitment to be all in. And they may be saying right now, this is sort of scary to me, I've never done this, but I'm going to move out of gratitude to be that kind of giver. I'm going to go home and talk to my spouse, going to plan my budget to put Christ first. So I pray for those commitments being made. I pray, Lord, for those who need to confess sin. This is a time when we want to be right with you. So if sin has crept into our lives, we want to renounce it, repent of it, turn from it. We come to your table. We want to come in holiness, Lord. And so, God, we draw near to you. And again, we just want to say we love you, we love your church, and we stand in awe of your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen.
Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. I want to invite you to stand with us now, if you will. We're going to sing a song of worship, celebration, but also a song where you can respond as the Holy Spirit is working in your life. I want to invite you to come, if God's leading you, to come and pray. If you want somebody to pray with you, come to me, and I'll pair you with one of our decision counselors. You can come and pray on your own. Maybe you want to come and confess Christ as Lord of your life. Maybe there's some giving of your life that God's spoken to you about to, to serve Him in some way. and This is just a time for you to respond. You can walk forward and come as we sing together, or maybe where you stand, God speaks to your heart. Let's sing together. Thank you. 
see on the hill of Calvary. My Savior bled for me. My Jesus set me free. And look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from his side. No greater sacrifice. What he's done, what he's done. All the glory and the honor to the sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what he's done. Oh, see for the freedom he has won. Every death is dead and His life Thanks for being here with us in worship. We've been talking about giving. Let's remind you of the ways you can do that online through our app, and then our boxes are on the back of the wall, offering boxes there on your exit. Uh, we've got uh, our last Wednesday night outdoor worship coming up this Wednesday, August 2nd. Uh, we'll be having that outdoor worship time. Uh, we'll have hot dogs and uh, some uh, chips and water there before and after so you can have some fellowship that's all free so just celebrate a good summer of outdoor worship and then we're getting back into everything uh, the next uh, Sunday is launch Sunday and then we'll be starting our Wednesday nights uh, the following Wednesday with all the regular activities but launch Sunday is when our um, younger age groups uh, preschool children students promote and we're reorganizing a few adult classes, uh, but we're excited about the new year. Hopefully you can get back into connection groups if you've kind of been off for the summer or uh, just getting back in routine. Looking forward to that. Also want to make you aware we are still in search of fifth grade leaders for the 945 hour. So uh, normally, we ideally, we would like to have someone who can lead that group all year long. 
but if you could even help out for uh, a, a month or two, uh, let me or Megan Clayton know, and we can help organize uh, that group so they have leaders uh, next week when we start. So just uh, talk to us about that, be praying about that. All right, I think that's all we got, so we'll pray and be dismissed. Father God, we thank you for your love and opportunity to gather. We thank you for this chance to uh, be reminded of your sacrifice for us, what you've given for us, that you've uh, given yourself, and we uh, want to do the same. Help us to live for you, help us to give for you, and uh, help us to glorify you in all that we do, God. I pray that you would just uh, be with us as we go into these this season of transition, starting up new routines and things with school getting back. Um, as leadership uh, transitions here and just all the new beginnings that we're uh, facing in the next few weeks, God, we just ask your hand be in that. You got us uh, and help us to uh, uh, follow your lead. God, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Okay.